Say with me, I am sacred. I am beloved. And I am the light of the world. I open my mind. I open my heart. And I open my whole being to spirit. Mm. So take a moment, wave to your neighbors, say hi to everybody. Wonderful to see everybody on here. And we have an opening prayer from our wonderful practitioner, Linda Bremer. Morning. Ah, let's take a nice breath in and center ourselves. Infinite presence. Infinite presence right here, right there, everywhere. Infinite presence, all there is. Ah. Source of energy, source of life, source of love. All of this flows through me. I know this is the source of all that is. And as it is flowing through me, it is flowing through every living being, through every material thing, through the galaxy. Ah, infinite presence. I know I am one. I know each of us is an expression of this divinity. And in this knowing, I acknowledge that with every thought in my head, every thought in my mind, I am co-creating. I am accepting this universal divine energy into my very being. And my heartbeat, my heartbeat is beating, not because I ask it to, it's beating with this divine life, this life that is a full expression of me, of each one of us. And so, Choosing all of these gifts, this sacred circle of community is an expression of universal energy, divine life, sacred love. And as we are here together, each of us can accept the words spoken, the lessons as inspirations and insights in our unique way. Ah, we hear the music, and music inspires. And music creates more energy. I accept all of these gifts. On this plane, I know that I am an expression 
of the divine, that this infinite presence is here, is within, it's everywhere. And accepting this in deep gratitude, I release this into the law that always has my back. And knowing this is true, knowing that this is co-creating this universe, this day, this moment. Ah, together we say, and so it is. This will take two minutes to just simply sit with that thought in quiet meditation. Ah, we are in the midst of a month of looking at bright beginnings. And today's talk, as that song may have uh, suggested, is unwritten. And what I wanted to say was, welcome to a post-apocalyptic world. And by that, I mean the original Greek meaning of the word apocalypse, which was not the total destruction of the world, but to be revealed and to uncover. That was the original meaning. And it was to uncover when, when the the book was written, the last book, to uncover the nature of heaven as earth and earth as heaven. And the reason I'm saying post-apocalyptic is this week in our themes, we are post-Exodus, where we talked about the escape from the places that have bound us, the places in, in Egypt stands for that, uh, but the narrow way, which is what Egypt really means in, in the Hebrew. And we're also post-resurrection. And so the question is, as, as the song said, the, the rest of the book is still unwritten. You know, Mary Morrissey, uh, Reverend Mary Morrissey, who was the founder of uh, the Living Enrichment Center south of Portland, uh, talks about a, a time in her life when um, she discovered that her husband had been embezzling funds from the church. And he was later diagnosed with... Um, uh, bipolar disease, and and so she lost the, the church, she lost her marriage, and she was going through a true dark night of the soul. 
And she was walking along the beach in Oregon uh, when she heard this little voice that said to her, dark chapter, not the whole book. Dark chapter, not the whole book. Many of us have been through dark chapters and realized that it's not the whole book. Brene Brown said, only when you're brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. Only when we're brave enough to explore the darkness. So we don't know how long this book is that we're writing, but we get to write the chapters. We get to co-create with an infinite presence mm, something new, something fresh for our lives, or, <laughs> well, we can, we can either create it from our power, from our expansiveness, from our creativity, from our light, or we can create it out of our old patterns and letting others' limited beliefs or circumstances take away our true power as we write the rest of our lives. Jan Le Van Zandt uh, said, there's no greater battle than the battle between the parts of you that want to be healed and the parts of you that are comfortable and content remaining broken. The parts of us that want to be healed, that want to be the expression, the fullness of our energy, and the parts that want to stay nice and comfortable and remain still broken, even though it's dysfunctional because we know our way around there. As we look at the whole COVID process, there are people who are saying, why do we need to change? We just want to get back to what we were before. And we have the opportunity to create something fresh, something new. Um, as our song today says, I am unwritten. Can't read my mind. I am unwritten. I am. That's an affirmation. I am unwritten. The, the essence of me can't be contained within a certain book. I am unwritten. I'm still developing. I'm still expressing. Can't read my mind. Can't read beyond the, the thoughts, but I, but I know that it's there. There's something more there. I am unwritten. Can't read my mind. I'm undefined. You can't bind me. You can't put me in a, in a box. I'm just beginning, the pens in my hand, ending unplanned. So, what are we gonna write today? And more importantly, where will we get the inspiration to write? I invite us to take the time to vision, to listen to our inner wisdom self, to listen to something bigger than the circumstances that have brought us to where we are now, no matter how wonderful that is, because if we're not growing, we're dying. Just like the, the, the springtime we see around us, everything, nothing's the same as it was spring last year. It's grown or it's changed or it's shifted in some way or another. So we want to listen to that inner wisdom self to ask, what is wanting to be born or expressed through me today? What is wanting to be born or expressed through me now at this time in my life? Or we can listen to our old patterns and beliefs. I want to take a look at um, a slide here. Hang on one second. And this is something we looked at last August. So if you were with us back then, this will seem familiar to you. So the basis of our dysfunctional beliefs is, is the two little foundational blocks that are at the bottom. It says, I am separate from life, and life is not safe. I'm separate from life, and life is not safe. And it's easy to get caught up in that right now, because it sort of looks like life is not safe. And there's a difference between there are things in life that are unsafe, and life itself is unsafe. See, it's unsafe for me to go run out on the freeway and, and, and you know, run down the freeway. 
That's unsafe. It's unsafe for me to go stick my, my fingers in the light socket. That's unsafe. But it doesn't mean that life itself is unsafe. It means there are things in life that are more safe than others. Out of this process, from these foundational beliefs that we learn very young, I'm separate from life and life is not safe, we start to do some patterns. We start to do a core thing, uh, core action that says, I must control life. Since it's unsafe and since I'm separate from it, I got to control it. I got to take hold of it and make sure that I'm driving me from my ego self is driving. And this is our core dysfunctional belief or dysfunctional pattern is the belief that I must control life because I'm separate from it and life is not safe. When we're working from a separation and unsafe found, uh, foundation, we must control it. And the way we control life is I must do it right, whatever my conditioned belief of right is. And each of us probably has a little different conditioning, and, and we can look around the world and see there's a whole lot of people that have different conditioning for what the right way to live life is. We quickly discover that life can't be controlled. Have, have you noticed that life can't be controlled? Anybody just, you know, thumbs up? Yeah. Life can't be controlled. Dang. And so no matter how hard we try to do it right, we encounter the third pattern, which is I'm not doing it right enough. Because obviously I'm not controlling life, so I must not be doing it right enough. And since I'm not able to control life, I can't do it right enough. And when we encounter this, we'll do one of three things. We'll kind of move into fight, flight, or freeze. And fight looks like I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do it even more right. I'm going to take that what I think is right and do it more, 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 more. Or we can do the opposite. We can do flight. We can uh, head the opposite direction. We can say, you know, I can't possibly do it right, so I'm going to do it all wrong. Screw life. I'm going to be the bad boy or the bad girl. The heck with it. Or we can get into freeze, which is to just say, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to stand in place, and I ain't going to move. I'm going to blame, point my finger and blame. I'm going to blame myself, and I'm going to blame others for the fact that I'm not doing it right enough. And then eventually we're going to feel the three things across the top, that I am wrong, that I am unlovable, and that I am alone. And this is the, the, the foundational dysfunctional pattern with which when we're in trouble in our lives, we're running some place in this pattern, some variation of this pattern. So think of where you're running that pattern in your life now. Think of or have run it in the past. So think of it in terms of jobs that you've had. Think of it in terms of relationships. Think of it in terms of creativity and health and money and even spirituality. Think of it even in your response to COVID. You know, there's the idea, am I doing enough? Am I doing it right enough? It'll bring us back to the screen here. Am I doing it right enough? Is it okay for me to be happy while others are, are suffering? You know, Mary O'Malley, who, who uh, created that, that model that I just used on the slide there, uh, talks about that we live in a meadow, in a, a, our meadow of, which is our true state, our true natural state. And the qualities of that meadow are that there's flow in that meadow. There is spaciousness in that meadow. There is light, there is love, and there is stillness, a deep, wonderful stillness in that meadow. Can I live in my meadow? And the truth is we're always living in it. We just forget it and then get caught up in that little cycle up there. So if we're going to write a truly new, fresh, and empowering chapter in our lives, we must be aware of two core laws. 
excuse me, the first is the law of faith and acceptance. And what that is, is having total faith in and acceptance of the life we are claiming. The life, when we take that time to do that visioning, when we take that time to go within and hear something fresh and new, we take the time, we, we have a faith and an acceptance that this is my life and I accept it now. I say yes to it. And the thing is, sometimes when we listen to that, the ideas that come through might seem big, it might seem overwhelming, and our small self and others who will, rec- who will magnify our small self may tell us, well, that's never been done before. The truth is that everything that is currently in existence had at some time never been done before. We'd still be single-celled organisms, or we might be living in caves without fire if we had only done what was done before. Which leads us then to the second law. And the second law is what we're teaching a class on right now called mental equivalence. And the mental equivalent is the image that I hold in my mind of how big my good is. Everything in life was, was created by a mental equivalent, an idea in mind. That song we just heard Brent and Amy sing was an idea in someone's mind before it became a song that we can all listen to and hear. Um, in, our, in our class, we talked about that the, the Wright brothers had an image of flying and the plane that would work before that plane ever got built and ever actually flowed, flew. So that image we hold in our mind is our mental equivalent. We constantly have mental equivalence of and for everything in our life. We have an idea of how big and how wonderful it can be or how small and how limited it needs to be. So take a look right now, if you can, around your life and just notice your mental equivalence about relationships, about creativity, about God and spirituality, about health, money, career. Just notice what it is for all of the aspects of your life. We have mental equivalence. And by the way, we can change those. This is our, our theme in religious science is change your thinking, change your life, change your, your mental equivalence, change your idea of how much good you can have. And there's no limit in God because God's infinite. The spirit is infinite. Ernest Holmes says that the mind is the fashioning factor. And according to its range, vision and positiveness will be the circumstance or experience that we have. According to its range, vision and positiveness will be the circumstance, will be the experience that we have. So there's one more aspect of of writing our life to be aware of. And Ernest also says we must maintain a consistent, positive, aggressive mental attitude in the truth. I love that word aggressive because we're so much often surrounded by all sorts of things that say be small, play small, you know, you can't have this. Um, right now we're being surrounded by, you know, people talk about all the, what, what does COVID feel like? What are the symptoms and all that stuff? And we have to maintain an aggressive consciousness of our health to maintain our health. We have to maintain a, an aggressive consciousness within ourselves. And that doesn't mean going out and, and at anybody else. It's just we have to practice it aggressively within ourselves. See, despite the, the myth, the, the writer doesn't just happily wander into a cafe in Paris and sit sipping a lovely little bottle of wine, breezing out a masterpiece in the afternoon. I'm, I'm sorry, but if you think that's actually how it happens, it doesn't. Um, I doubt the songwriters do the same thing. I know that, that Brent didn't just sit down one afternoon and say, I'm going to learn to play the keyboard. And, and, and there it was in its full, you know, it, it, it probably took a couple of days and so, or more. And so it takes learning the craft of writing. It takes 
the discipline and the, the consistent effort it takes overcoming the desert of writer's blocks and the things that are in the way and I don't have enough time and all that stuff. It takes letting someone chop up your work, which is called editing, until finally something wonderful emerges out of this whole process. But it's not a quick and easy process. And it's the same with writing the next chapter of our lives. It's not going to be something that we just sit down in the afternoon and say, oh, yeah, that's what I want, and it'll just unfold. No, it takes becoming humble and learning something new. It takes support and discipline and aggressive pursuit of what it is that we choose to manifest in our lives. One of the ways that our teaching supports that process, by the way, is classes. We, classes are where we learn and we practice new things. It's where we look at what's not working and why, so we can look and create something new, truly new, truly new in our consciousness. It takes the support of teachers. It takes the support of companions, the companionship of fellow travelers on the way. And so classes are the places where we really, it's, it's the gym where we work out and get stronger. On Sundays, we inspire, but the real work of creating a masterpiece happens in classes. And there just happened to be, this is a shameless plug, by the way, there just happens to be two classes that we are offering right now. They both started this past week, but this week is still the last chance you can register. Um, and they are spiritual principles and practices. If you want to look at the basic spiritual principles and practices of this teaching and how they work and how you can apply them and how you can work them, fabulous class for that. There's also then, secondly, as I mentioned before, the class on mental equivalence, where we really look at and examine what are our mental equivalents in areas of our lives. We pick an area to play with and work with and expand in. And so if that calls to you, you can go to our website and register today. So this week, what I want to invite you to do Three things, three spiritual practices. One is to choose more consciously to write the next chapter of your life. You're always, we're always writing what's going forward anyways, but to be more conscious of that process. See, that it's going to be written anyways. Your life is going to happen anyways. You might as well be writing it consciously and with an expanded consciousness. Okay? The second practice then is to look at your recent and your current book of life. And look particularly at the areas where you might like to have a greater experience of good and ask yourself, what, what beliefs, what patterns, what mental equivalents must I be holding that are creating the current results? You know, it's one of my favorite things. When I run into a problem with, with, in my life, I look at, you know, and I, I, the question I ask is, since the universe always says yes, what am I asking you to say yes to? And usually it's not a conscious asking. It's a very subconscious asking. And I have to kind of look back and look back at what is it that's really being held in my consciousness. So that's the second uh, spiritual practice is look at your recent and current book of life and ask what, what patterns am I holding that create those results. And then the third one is spend time contemplating the infinite good of spirit. The writer Emmett Fox says that, that rather than thinking about your problem, think about God or think about the spirit instead. Because we start putting our attention on and growing what it is we want to have a greater experience of in our life. And so this practice invites us to expand our vision to look up from the screen of our life. The, the one we're kind of, you know, have you noticed that sometimes we can get locked up into the computer screen and just, and, and I for one can, can stay there. And it's like, you know, this week we've had beautiful days outside and it's just like I finally have to drag myself practically by the hair and go, come on, get out there and go enjoy some, some sunshine. So look up from the screen of your life and spend some time contemplating the infinite good of spirit. 
So are we good with doing those three practices? We're choosing to more consciously write the next chapter. We're looking at what's currently happening in our life and asking what's creating that and spend time contemplating the good. Are you good with that? Thumbs up. If you are, yes. Great. I'm going to close with a, a quote uh, and then our affirmation. The quote comes from Harold Percival, and he said, a thought has no size in the physical sense, but is vast as compared to the physical acts and objects into which it is later precipitated. The power of a thought is enormous and superior to all the successive physical acts, objects, and events that embody its energy. A thought often endures for a time much greater than the whole life of the person who thought it. Think about Symphony Number no. 9 by Beethoven. He's long dead, but the thought of that symphony has lasted far longer than him. The idea of our founding fathers in, in the United States of America who created a country and had a thought of a country that was free, where we could live freely, has endured far longer than the forefathers themselves. So that's what that quote is for. Let's take one last, uh, let's take a look at our affirmation here for a moment. And so join this, join with me and say this together. Today, I write the unwritten chapters of my life free from the past and author the life I desire to live. Say it one more time. Today, I write the unwritten chapters of my life free from the past and author the life I desire to live. And so it is.